Thank you, thank you. The great writer Joseph Campbell is famous for his advice. You've probably all heard it. Follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. And he also shared this little bit of advice with us. A bit of advice was given to a Native American at the time of his initiation. As you go the way of life, you will see a great chasm. Jump. It's not as wide as you think. Jump. It's not as wide as you think. And sooner or later, we all come to places in our lives where there seems to be a chasm in front of us, and we get to decide what to do. Do we stay where we are and feel secure, or do we jump? Do we go forward not knowing where our next footstep will fall? We all come to those places. The universe invites us to take the step anyway, even though we don't know where we're going, or where it's going to lead us, how it's going to be. And the question that we get to ask ourselves is, am I willing to trust the mystery? Am I willing to trust it? How can we feel secure when we're jumping to a place that we don't know, when we're jumping across the great chasms in our lives? How can we feel secure? Well, for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at Jim Rose Murgy's book, The Transcendent Life, Understanding the Nature of True Power. And he tells us that we will know true power when we understand the humility principle. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is one of those principles that just, it's an underlying way the universe works. This week, we're looking into the humility of mystery and the beginning of exaltation. Like that young Native American, we're being invited to jump because the chasm is not as wide as we think. A few years ago, I had a strange occurrence. I had the same dream three nights in a row. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it happened to me, and I thought it was pretty remarkable. The first night I had this dream, I climbed up and I was standing on the edge of a cliff, right on the edge, and it was a long fall. You couldn't even see the bottom. And whizzing by was a ski lift, only it wasn't the kind that you sit in. It was more like a pogo stick hanging from a wire, and I was being invited to jump on. Now, it was swinging in the breeze, and it was further than I could reach, and I was terrified, and I woke up. The next night, right up to that same cliff, same thing, going by, and I said, I can't, and I woke up. And the third night, as I stood there, knowing that that's what I had to do, but I couldn't do it, a still small voice said, go ahead, jump, do it. And I did. And I caught it, and I was secure, and my feet landed where they were supposed to land. I felt the sense of joy. This thing took up, off, out over a vast body of water. It looked like a bay. And I saw a beautiful, magnificent city in the distance. And I started descending down into that city, and I woke up. But I woke up knowing that there was somewhere I had to go and something important for me to do. I had that feeling that at some point in the future, I was going to be asked to jump, to make that leap. Well, 
I got on an airplane about a year later with Di and Polly, my friends. We went out to see Karen Drucker in San Francisco. And as the plane flew over the bay and was heading down into the landing, all of a sudden, that dream came back to me. I saw it. I said, that's, oh, wow. I remembered that dream because I had journaled about it and you know meditated on it, but I'd forgotten it since then. And all of that came back to me, and I knew that there was something for me there. There was a reason, there was a lesson for me in that trip that I was taking. Now we've probably all had some kind of a experience, some kind of an edge of the cliff experience. Or we've all gone to a place where we just were afraid to go much further. Now it might be getting a new job or quitting an old one. It might be getting into a new relationship. It might be going back to school. You know, you know what it is for you, but you're standing on the edge of that cliff and you don't feel quite safe making the leap. And what we usually do is we gather a lot of information. You know, we just gather as much information as we can because that delays the time that we have to make the decision. And so we just gather the information and we act or we don't react, you know, whatever, in response to what we hear from the world around us and everything that our five senses is telling us. We don't usually think to take it into prayer and ask for inner guidance. Well, I want to tell you another story of a guy, his name was Guy, a guy named Guy Riggs that I read about. This was a very spiritual young man, and he went to a place in Scotland, yes, Scotland, to um, study more spirituality. He went for a three-month period of time to study and deepen his spirituality. And at the end of the three months, there was a three-day retreat that was being held on a small island nearby. And he thought, well, what the heck, you know, I'll go to that. And he got over there, and frankly, he was sitting listening to all that, and he was bored because the Scot Scottish Highlands always, they always filled him with energy and he wanted to get out and he was a rock climber. He loved to climb rocks, he loved the outdoors. So he said, well, you know, this is boring. I'll go out and climb the rocks. So he went down to the beach and he, 50 foot cliff, he decided he would climb up the cliff. But then he thought, well, you know, I don't have any of my ropes, I don't have any of my equipment. And he said, I'll go anyway, I'll just be careful. So when he got 30 feet up the cliff, with one hand on a ledge and one hand on a rock, the rock came off in his hand and he fell backwards 20 feet and landed on a boulder and broke his back. So he lay there at first in total shock and he thought, I've got to get some help. I've got to get some help, but he couldn't feel anything below his waist. And then he started feeling a little tingling in his legs and he looked back and he saw one of his legs was sticking up at a really odd angle. And he really couldn't feel all the pain because he was in such shock, but he knew he had to get help. He knew that. In about an hour, he could start to move a little bit again. So he thought, well, nobody's gonna find me here. I get a choice. I can throw myself off of this boulder and just end it all. Fall into the, into the beach or into the ocean and drown, drown and die. Or I can, I can get up, I can go forward and I can do this, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. So that's what he did, he decided to crawl. And he crawled all the way down, he got off the boulder, he got to the beach. He thought, well, I'll be able to crawl from there, there'll be a pathway. There was no pathway. It was a cove, and the sand was there, and the tide was coming in, and he said, oh, no. So he said, I gotta do what I gotta do. He crawled back up 
the beach, through a grassy area, and onto a very narrow ledge where he thought, somebody will find me. Somebody will find me. Nobody came by. Nobody came by, and it got dark, and it got cold. His will to survive was so strong that he just laid there, and he started saying, Om. He started saying, Om. And it actually raised his body temperature. It probably saved his life. He thought a lot of mental things because he knew, if I can think long enough, I can keep myself awake. Because if I go to sleep, I'm going to fall off this ledge. I'll move, and I'll be gone. So he stayed awake all night. And then the next morning, he knew what he had to do. He crawled back down to the beach. And sure enough, sooner or later, somebody found him, somebody walking, hiking along. The tide had gone back down, and they were hiking, and they found him. Thank goodness, they got him helicoptered out of there, took him to the hospital. A few days later, he had back surgery. And it was a very, very, very long, hard recovery from that broken back, broken leg. The interesting thing is, it was the prayer, it was the om that connected him with the divine that saved his life. Things like that happen. And we don't always know what to do with them. But in terms of the humility principle, when we exalt ourselves, when we don't listen to the inner guidance that says, don't go up there, you don't have the ropes, and you go anyway, you get humbled, you fall. We do this all the time because we depend on our senses instead of the inner guidance that's always there available to us. That's what we were taught to do. That's what we're taught to do from the age of a little child. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, called this sense consciousness. Listening to our five senses instead of listening to our intuition or spirit within us, it's sense consciousness. He said that we must evolve to God consciousness. And it's not that we must because somebody's making us, it's that we must because it's the direction all of life is going. It's the direction life is taking us. We can't not go toward God consciousness or Christ consciousness. So in order to make this jump, this leap, this is the big one that most of us face, from ordinary human consciousness to Christ consciousness, we must be humble. We must become willing to learn. We must become trusting. We must become adventurous. We have to open ourselves to the mystery that God is and that we are. We get to accept that our human intellect can only take us right up to the edge of that cliff. It can only take us to the edge. That's all it's equipped to do. When you, have you ever tried to convince your friends to believe in God? It doesn't work. You have to go beyond reason in order to feel God within you. You have to go beyond reason in order to feel that presence. Reason can't take you there. It's not equipped to do that. Not that reason is bad, it's a very good thing. But you wouldn't use a hammer when you needed a screwdriver. That's, it just doesn't work. So we go through these life experiences knowing that the intellect believes whatever it's been taught, whatever we were told about our worth, about life from the time we were little, that's what we believe. But our intellect is like the Pharisees saying to Jesus, who do you think you are healing people on the Sabbath? 
Who do you think you are? Doesn't your head say that to you sometimes? Mine does to me. Who do you think you are? And even if it's wrong, we listen to it because we don't know any better. And as long as we're listening to that, it's exalted, it's calling the shots, and that's the way our life goes. Until something happens and we're humbled, we fall off a cliff, or we climb up a cliff and fall back down, or until we humble ourselves. See, there's a choice there. You can wait till it happens, or you can allow it to happen in a much more graceful way. The bottom line is, as long as we only listen to our five senses and to the opinion of others around us who are also only listening to their five senses, we'll never make that shift, that leap from human consciousness to our Christ consciousness. The intellect isn't equipped to go there. We get to let go of our fears, humble ourselves, and float into that mystery. Let go of the shore. So what is mystery? Well, there are a lot of names for it. In Hebrew, it's Elohim, Yahweh, I am that I am. In Baha'i faith, it's Baha, which in Arabic means all-glorious. Jehovah, Lord, Father, Mother, God, Infinite Spirit, the Presence. And in Hinduism, it's called Brahman. Jim Rosemurgy says God is mystery. He tells of a spiritual experience that helped him through a tough time. He had a great life. Everything was going fine. There wasn't anything really wrong, but there was a feeling of discontent and dissatisfaction within him. He couldn't quite get it. He was struggling with it. His wife said, I don't know how to help you. you know. And finally, in a time of prayer, the answer came. Spirit said to me, unless mystery is a part of your life, I am not a part of your life, for I am mystery. And then he understood it. He got it. Mystery didn't mean insecurity. It just meant that he would never, ever be alone. Through it all, through everything, spirit was with him. And that's true for us. That's true for you. It's true for me. So when we're feeling confused or frightened by any kind of a situation, if we try to, we're at that edge of, of the cliff, so to speak, we're being called to become as little children, to embrace the mystery, to just let go of what we think we might know and walk humbly forward or jump onto the ski lift, whatever it is, be willing to be guided by that mighty presence of mystery that's within us. We can do this. We can do this because it's from our Christ consciousness that we make that leap and we are eternally safe. And when we're in that place of consciousness, we know that. We know it and know that we know it. So, if we're at the edge of the cliff and we try to jump from our exalted human consciousness, we inevitably fall into the chasm and we're humbled. And if we humble ourselves, we're exalted to Christ consciousness. And we know that we're okay. Mystery is part of our lives. We're safe in God. Charles Fillmore writes, the key to the development of Jesus of Nazareth's great power was in his meek and lowly submission to the Father. Man is open to God when he wills to be open. Man is open, and that's women, because he wrote like a, a guy from 100 years ago, humankind is open to God when humankind 
wills to be open. This opening is made by our attitude of absolute mental humility in the contemplation of spiritual realities. Thus, the likeness takes on the express image of the Father, and in no other way can it be done. Become humble. Let go of that shore. Make the leap. So that first leap that we get to make is from our sense consciousness to our Christ consciousness. We humbly open to God. Rose Murgy calls this turning Godward. Turning Godward. To turn Godward, we simply become still and prayerful, and we ask God, are you with me? God, are you with me? When we need comfort, we reach out to infinite spirit from a place of humility, and infinite spirit will answer. An infinite spirit will say these things. I am with you always. You are my beloved. I do not condemn you. God speaks to every human being who seeks mystical oneness and answers with those three truths. I'm with you always. You are my beloved. I do not condemn you. Now, the answer may not come in exactly those words, but that's the message. Spirit will reveal those truths, and when you know those truths, you are lifted up. You are exalted into the presence of God, the height of God's presence. This is true exaltation. So, the likeness of God, we take on the express image of God, and our lives are lifted up to peace, our lives are lifted up to joy, our lives are lifted up to abundance, our lives are lifted up to God-likeness. I believe we're being called to make this jump from our humble human consciousness to our Christ consciousness, our God consciousness. When we get that, everything else falls into place. We seek first the kingdom. All else will be added unto us. When we make that leap from sense consciousness to God consciousness, we can affirm and know, I am one with the Father. I am one with the One. God is, and I am. You know, the most interesting wisdom comes from Facebook. <laughs> yes. And you know that things are about to get interesting when your only available transportation is a leap of faith. So, when you get to where the only place you can go in your life is a leap of faith, things are going to get interesting, if they haven't already. When we're going through our own personal initiations, like that young Native American, when we're going through those experiences, we're being invited to jump because the chasm isn't as wide as we think. It's not. The chasm we get to jump is our own mistaken belief that we're limited human beings. We are humbly taking that leap to saying, claiming and owning our spiritual consciousness as Jesus Christ did. And we're exalted with true spiritual power as Jesus was. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. We don't have to wait until we're standing on the edge of the cliff to open to Christ consciousness. It's a choice that we can make every day. We don't have to wait until we're lying on a beach helpless and the tide's coming in. We can make this choice every day. So this week, I invite you to spend a few moments each day just taking Charles Fillmore's advice. 
will to be open to God, will to be open to God, and with absolute mental humility, contemplate spiritual reality, the truth of your nature, the truth of your being. And in the process, you begin to live as you were created to live and to be as you were created to be. The image and the likeness of God. Those three truths will be revealed to you. I am with you always. You are my beloved. I will lift you up. When you make that leap of consciousness, from the, from the consciousness of limitation to Christ consciousness, we go from a real place of powerlessness to knowing our true power. I believe our inner guidance is always calling us to joy. You know, that's, that's my goal in life is joy. And when I follow that, when I follow that, everything else in my life falls into place. No matter what chasms appear before us, no matter how far away and unsafe the ski lift looks, you got to take that leap. you got to humbly follow Spirit's guidance. And what I learned in San Francisco, the, the message that I got, that I brought back with me from there, was that I would never be satisfied with the safe and little life that I was living. My soul yearned for a larger life, and I had to say yes, or I was going to stand there in that pain. The longer we stay in a place that doesn't fit anymore, it's like wearing shoes that don't fit anymore, the more painful it becomes. So I had to say yes to a larger life. Guy Riggs learned what he learned from his experience was that he could call upon God any time. God is always there. God is always, it's a walking part of his life now. The power of God is always there and nothing is impossible. He fully recovered. He's still in a process probably. This has been a few years back. But he got to dancing again. He got to walking again. He did it faster than the doctors ever thought was possible. So all we got to do is follow, humbly follow Spirit's guidance. It's good to know that all we got to do is be open to God and to follow our bliss. Thank you.